Prophecy series. And hello, everyone, and welcome to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. And we're transmitting live from our studio in Aventura, Florida. And it's great to be here with every one of you. Of course, our lines will be open for your questions or comments. Our local phone number is 305-992-9537. Feel free to call us or text in your questions or your comments. And of course, our subject matter for today will be that of the destruction of the temple found in Matthew chapter 24. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy, Pastor Vic. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this time to share your word. Please tell us what you want us to know out of the Bible. Give us, Lord, your insight and uh, give us hope for the future. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about the destruction of the temple in Matthew chapter 24. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. More information at Calvary. Aventura.com and on Facebook on JN832. And of course, before we continue, I want to thank my great friend Nathan Jones for being part of the program today. Nathan, how are you, my good friend? I'm doing well, brother. How are you doing down there in sunny Florida? I am doing excellent. Very excited about today's program and very excited. Also, Nathan, I, I, I noticed uh, you posted your, uh, something wonderful that's happening in your family with your son. He's off to school. And what, what else is going on? <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm finally old enough to have a son going into high school. He's starting ninth grade, and next week the other two start school around here. So in the Dallas area, kids are getting back to school. That is fantastic. You know, we thank the Lord for our wonderful kids and just the blessing that they are and seeing them grow up, right, Nathan? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really proud that my kids have such a deep relationship with the Lord. I couldn't ask for anything more when it comes to raising children. I think uh, as men, Vic, it's so important that our first ministry is to our family and raising our kids to be uh, godly children and be great Christian examples of husbands and fathers are so important when it A comes to Absolutely. And Nathan, and you have a beautiful family, so I just wanted to say hi to all of them right now and thank the Lord for you and the work that God is doing in your family as well. Well, praise the Lord, man. You have a lovely family as well, and it's great to hear you got a whole family helping you out there at the station. Yes, yes. I have actually my son Isaac here running the cameras at TWAVE.TV, and my daughter Hannah, she does our announcements during certain programs. So it's great to have the family serving, right, Nathan? Amen, brother. So we're excited about that. And, of course, Nathan, it is always a pleasure to have you on. We thank the Lord for your wonderful ministry. Also, Dr. Reagan, Lamb and Lion, and the great work that you guys do out there. And we're very excited about today's program because you also have a lot of resources on your website. And if you don't mind, could you just once again uh, give us a little bit of information where people can maybe go to, to check out some of your resources? Certainly. Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is coming back very soon, and that's our message. We want to get people excited about the Lord's return, get their hearts right with the Lord, and if they're saved, you know, to live holy lives and share the gospel with people while the time is short. And you can visit our website at lamblion.com, that's L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N.com. There we got 
plenty of articles, our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, which is on 15 networks around the world. You can watch those on our website, join our Facebook group, uh, many of the things on our website where you can learn about Bible prophecy and grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, amazing. Excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, for anyone that is tuned in, we want to encourage you to check out uh, lambandlion.com for just a lot of wonderful resources there. And of course, Nathan, today's program is very exciting because we're going to talk about a topic that is very important and one that maybe a lot of people are not too aware of when it comes to a uh, Bible prophecy. And that is uh, the, this incredible prophecies that are found in Matthew chapter 24. And I was going to ask, Nathan, if you might be able to open us up by reading Matthew chapter 24, uh, verses 1 and 2. If you happen to maybe have your Bible handy, would that be okay? That'd be great. Uh, I'll read it out of the New King James Version. Yes. Uh, Matthew 24, starting verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and the disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Amazing. And of course, Nathan, here we have this incredible uh, prophecy uh, uh, that we're going to uh, notice here, the destruction uh, of this temple. But Nathan, I was going to ask you if you would take us back in a little bit of a journey uh, through history regarding uh, the Israel temples that were built, uh, even back to the time of Solomon, right, Nathan? Oh, certainly, certainly. Um, well, the temple was the centerpiece of all of Jewish life. It was in Jerusalem. It was on Mount Moriah, where Abraham supposedly was going to sacrifice his son Isaac, and so it has a long history there. Uh, it, met, it was called Beth Elohim, which means the house of Yahweh. It's where God himself lived in a uh, particular room called the Holy of Holies, deep within the temple. Now, the first temple was King David, around 1000 B.C., wanted to build a temple, but God said, you know, you're a man of blood, on your hands all the wars, and I want a man of peace to build my house. So his son Solomon, uh, David collected all the materials to build it, but it was actually his son Solomon who built it, you know, basically about 3,000 years ago. Wow. And inside it, inside it housed the Shekinah glory of God. It rested on the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of the Covenant is what the Israelites would carry around with them with the, the tablets of the law, and the, uh, Aaron's rod that budded, and... Uh, the pot of manna, and God would use, bring that into the battlefield, and God would use his power through that to feed their enemies. But in the temple, it rested inside the Holy of Holies. Now, before the temple, actually, the Israelites had a tabernacle. It was a tent version of it. They could travel around with them as they wandered the wilderness for four years. But David had a passion for making a, a temple, and his son Solomon uh, handed that. Now, the temple lasted for a little over 400 years, as the Israelites began to sin and, and pull away from God, uh, God pulled back his protection, and more judgment came upon them. And by 586, the Babylonians came down. They destroyed uh, Judah, and they destroyed the temple in, in Jerusalem, and the Jews were exiled up into the Babylonian area, which is present-day Iraq. Wow. And there, the temple, was the temple was destroyed in Jerusalem. Most Jerusalem was destroyed. Only the poorest of the people were left, and it, it was just rubble. But then we get... Uh, about 50 years later, Zerubbabel was sent back uh, by an edict from Cyrus, 160 uh, years earlier, and it was prophesied that Cyrus would uh, make an edict 160 years earlier, which is, is an amazing prophecy. Isaiah 44, 28, you had to go to that. And it, he it prophesied that a man named Cyrus would make an edict to have Ezra 
go back and start rebuilding the temple. So about 50 years later, between 538 and 515 B.C., Zerubbabel rebuilt the temple. That was called the Second Temple. Now, it wasn't very impressive compared to Solomon's temple. Israel didn't have a lot of money. And so, but when King Herod, between about 20 B.C. and uh, or so, he came around, and he was a great builder. Right. He restored the temple. He made it magnificent again, and he brought a lot of wealth back into the temple. And that was the temple of Jesus' time called the Second Temple. That is now, awesome. And Nathan, oh, of course, yeah. and, and that temple, if I'm not mistaken, it was looked up as one of the wonders of the world, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was the seven wonders of the world. I mean, this thing was a artist, artistic and architectural wonder. And again, it, the dimensions of it inside were the parallel what God's throne room looked like. So it was God's throne room in miniature. Wow. And it was paneled with all sorts of cedar wood. The floors were made of cypress wood. The whole thing was inlaid with gold. They had all sorts of decorations like floral designs, pomegranate flowers, and palm trees. They had these huge carved doors made of wood and gold. It was made out of hewn carved stone. It had all these furnishings. Of course, it had the Ark of the Covenant in it, if anyone's watched Indiana Jones. Right. <laughs> or Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, they, they, they get an idea what the Ark looked like. Uh, inside the Holy of Holies, there was two 15-foot-tall cherubim statues that had wings that spanned 15 feet two giant pillars, had a bronze altar that was 30-foot uh, square with 15 feet tall. It had something called the Molten Sea, like a, a giant tub that held 10,000 gallons. It was on the back of 12 bronze ox that Amazing. were four sets of three. It had washing utensils called the labors. There were 10 of them. And then Herod, when he came, uh, of course, a lot of that was taken away by the Babylonians, but Herod brought a lot of the wealth back in. He made a great veil across the Holy of Holies that no one could enter but a priest, and uh, the high priest, actually. He had a seven-branch lampstand, which we call the menorah today, at porches and courts, and all of Israel went to Jerusalem to worship in there. So all the money from... Wow. It was a wonderful place. Becky, there? Yes. And I'm sorry, Nathan, I think we had like a little glitch there, but can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine, sir. Yeah, thank you. Now, the great wealth of the temple is what the disciples were seeing. Now, the disciples, when they were with Jesus up at the Temple Mount, uh, they, they got to the temple, and they were just amazed by it. Uh, you can actually, uh, Matthew 24 is a parallel passage to Luke 21 and Mark 13, and you can read that. The setting for the story, which we're about to cover in Luke 21:37, said each day Jesus was teaching at the temple, and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives, and the people came early in the morning to hear him in the temple. So Jesus was preaching in the temple, and Luke 21 starts this famous story, which you and I know. It says that he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts in the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Yes. I tell you the truth. He said this woman was put in more than all the others. All these people gave the gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and put all she had to live on. So the disciples got, had this lesson that they're seeing all this wealth, all this money pouring. These are poor people. These are farmers and, and fishermen, and you know they, they live in basically mud and wood huts. To them, going to see the temple would be like us going to see the, the Taj Mahal or Congress <laughs> or... I think it was a building beyond belief for them. And so in verse 5 of Luke 21, it says some of the disciples were remarking about 
excuse me, let me start it. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. So that's the background of the story as we get into Matthew, is that it was an amazing place. The disciples were amazed at how just the wealth in it, the wealth that came through in it, and, and then Jesus said something really amazing. You know, and Nathan, this is why we're sharing these details, because maybe to someone who's just turning to the pages of Matthew chapter 24, they might not be very aware of all these details, but it gives us now more an appreciation to listen to the words that Jesus was saying that you were about to share for us. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to understand the background of the temple. The temple was the place where God dwelled, where God dwelled on earth. Now, because sin separated us from God, man couldn't be in his presence. So he had his Shekinah glory, his Holy Spirit, in the Holy of Holies. And, and once a year, the high priest could go in and make a, a sacrifice of um, uh, sprinkling blood on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant and burn incense. And that was the one time where a man got to be before God. The priest was representing uh, those who were in God's covenant to God. Now, I look forward to the day when we get to be before God face to face. Because this second temple that was destroyed in 70 A.D., uh, will there be other temples in the future, but I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't I? No, but you know what, Nathan? I think that this is why I believe these details are very important because now when we get into the prediction of the destruction of this temple, oftentimes we might take for granted what we're reading here. But Nathan, correct me if I'm wrong, but just one stone that was used to be part of this temple, weighed something like 10 tons or, or, or a crazy uh, uh, size that it was, right? I've been to the Temple Mount three times, and the Temple Mount that's in Israel today is not the Temple Mount of Jesus' time. I mean, it's the same location, the same place, but Jesus made a prophecy, which we just read in Matthew 24, that do not see these things. Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So Jesus, it's, you know, here the disciples are sitting there amazed at all this wealth. <laughs> this is God's home. And then Jesus says, you know what? This place isn't going to exist anymore. Can you imagine? That'd be like someone coming up to say, you know what? The White House won't exist tomorrow. Right, right. You know what? The Taj Mahal won't exist. Any of the greatest buildings of the world. And not only that, it was God's home. So they thought God would never abandon his home. And yet Jesus said, do you not see these things? I promise you that none of this will be here. And Nathan, and I think, right, I'm sorry. And I think that's what, what blew some of these disciples away is saying, Jesus, what did you just say, right? Exactly. I mean, it's like those old movies where all of a sudden the telephones stop ringing and you don't hear people <laughs> typing anymore. Everything gets silent. Everyone turns. The disciples, I bet they all had their mouths just hanging open. You know, their eyes were bugging out. There was just silence. And they just looked at Jesus like, what are you talking about? This is your father's home. This is, this is the center of religious worship in Jerusalem. How can you say that this won't be here anymore? And, of course, the Pharisees, they were listening in, too, because they used this prophecy against Jesus when they were trying him just before the crucifixion. But Jesus made a prophecy that 
that the temple would be destroyed, and not only just destroyed, but not one stone would be left upon another. Each would be thrown down. And you know, Nathan, and that's why this prophecy is so incredible. I mean, here Jesus, in a sense, was going out on a limb, because let me tell you, this right here was a prophecy that if it didn't come through, right, I mean, he would just be labeled as a false prophet. Right. Jesus had to fulfill 100% of his prophecies that he made throughout the Old Testament mm -hmm. as the angel of the Lord, and then they made in the New Testament. Otherwise, yeah, you're right, he's a fraud. That's how, in Deuteronomy, we're told how we can uh, find out the false prophet. Right. Because not, if not 100% of the prophecies come true, they're a false prophet, don't listen to them, and uh, don't be afraid of them. But we have many and false prophets today. And, you know, Nathan, that's a very good point, because here we have people like Nostradamus and some others, and uh, so many people fall for these lies, right? And they claim these people were prophets, but we realize not all their prophecies always came true. Exactly. And if they don't come true, you can't trust them. But we can trust Jesus, because that's every right. single prophecy... You know, in the Old Testament, there was 300 general prophecies, 109 distinct prophecies, that Jesus was the Messiah. He fulfilled all 109 distinct prophecies. Now, the, the odds of that, and that's been calculated by mathematicians, is astronomical. It's, it's off the charts. It's impossible, but it's not impossible with God. And Jesus can fulfill all those prophecies. So when he made the, the 500 prophecies in the New Testament, uh, Old Testament, 125 prophecies in the New Testament about a second coming, we can be 100% sure that Jesus will return, just as he promised. Amen. And that's why we say, man, the Bible is so trustworthy. And we would encourage anyone tuning into this program. You need to read uh, Matthew 24 and on. It's just incredible prophecies. And of course, our lines are open. You're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about the destruction of Herod's temple in Matthew chapter 24. Our local phone number is 305 992 9537-305-992-9537. Feel free to call us or text us at any moment. So, Nathan, again, this is just a wonderful background regarding uh, the temple. And, and here, Jesus makes this astounding prophecy, uh, not like Nostradamus or any modern-day prophets <laughs> that sometimes things come true, sometimes they don't, right? Exactly, exactly. We cannot trust prophecy from man. As soon as one goes wrong and doesn't happen... You know, people try to spiritualize them away, but unless a prophecy is 100% true, just as the prophet said, then we cannot trust them. And only, only the Bible gives us prophecy that comes true 100% of the time. And, you know, so Nathan, now take, take us a little bit fast forward. So uh, verse, tw verse 1 of Matthew 24, uh, you read to us there regarding the temple. His disciples, they, they showed him the building of the temple. And then verse through, verse 2 says, and Jesus said, do you not see all these things? Uh, uh, surely, and notice it says, Surely I say unto you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So move us forward in history now. Talk to us about this event right here. Sure, sure. Um, well, uh, if we can get in verse 3, just to give you a little background, uh, if I can read it, it says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming? And of the end of the age. So the disciples finally got their nerve to ask Jesus, <laughs> how can this, this be possible? How, how could the, this be happening? And basically, when you read Luke 21, Matthew 24 all together, they were asking three questions. Yes. When will this temple fall? 
what will be the signs of the end of the age, and what will be the sign of Jesus' coming? So they're really asking three questions for three different time periods. So to answer your question, when did the temple fall, I actually have to give you, Pastor Vic, two answers to that. Yes. Because prophets, when, or Jesus, because prophecy comes from God, usually has a near and a far uh, fulfillment. Uh, did you ever used to watch Grover on Sesame Street? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And you remember, Grover was notorious for teaching you near and far. You know, he'd, he'd run back to the back of the set, and he'd say, far, and then he'd run up to the front, <laughs> near, and he taught us the difference between near and far. And with prophetic perspective, we have near and far fulfillments of prophecy. Now, in this case, the near fulfillment of the temple being destroyed would be in 70 A.D., and I'll go into detail on that in just a minute. So that is the near fulfillment of it. Now, the other question is they wanted a far, the far fulfillment was the end of our age, the end of our time, the end of the church age, and I would argue the time we're living in now. Yes. And then what Grover didn't teach us is there is a farther view. Uh, it points to the second coming of Jesus Christ, a future time. So we're actually talking about two temple destructions, one near in the New Testament, which happened in 70 A.D., historic fulfillment, and one far, which will happen just before Jesus, is come, Jesus comes at the second coming. Excellent. And you know, Nathan, thank you for making that distinction, because when we read those verses slowly and we divide it up, we can see that, that that's really divided into different portions, and oftentimes that only catch the two, but you tell us there's three different distinct things there that will be happening. Yes, yes. I mean, they're asking three separate questions related to the temple. When will the temple fall? What will be the sign of the end of the age? And what will be the sign of Jesus' coming? So they already were asking, when was he coming back? They, they knew that the, the, the kingdom was coming, and they wanted to know. Now, to answer your question, then, the first time, the very temple that they were walking around in, on, up on the Temple Mount, that was so glorious and so covered in gold, and Herod had built the porticos, and... And it was just an amazing place beyond anything that any poor dirt farmer can imagine. And Jesus said that it would be destroyed. Now, uh, Judah, or Judea, as it was called by the Romans, was notorious for rebelling against the Roman Empire. Right. The, the Hebrews just hated Rome and its control. Uh, zealots and, and, and um, rioters were always out there trying to break away from the Roman Empire. And the Romans, especially Pontius Pilate, did not handle rebellion well at all. Any time a riot or a protest would break out, it's not like in the United States where we shoot them with water cannons and rubber bullets. <laughs> they would send the, you know, the centurion brought his troop in, the legion would destroy all the people. The and elite soldiers, the right? Rebellion. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about, there was no, the Romans did everything expedient and ruthlessly, and there was no mercy. And so the Jews, again, around the, uh, 67 A.D., we're starting to rebel against Rome. And finally, Rome was like, we've had it. It's enough of Judea. And we can destroy them if we destroy their capital city and their temple. That will disillusion and, and will disperse the Jews to the corners of the earth. And that's exactly what they did. They sent their general Titus Vespasian, which later would become a, a um, Caesar himself, and they sent him with four legions of Roman troops, and these four legions came down, they besieged Jerusalem for about uh, three, day, uh, three years, 
They starved the people, and there's all sorts of accounts through Josephus and other historians about the suffering that went on in Jerusalem as the people starved. They even resorted to cannibalism. But eventually the, the Romans broke through the walls of Jerusalem. They stormed it. They stormed the, ca- uh, I guess you'd say, the palace. They also went into a frantic, destructive frenzy. They set fire to the temple. Now, the fire melted the gold, and the gold seeped down between the rocks of the Temple Mount. And the Romans were so desperate to get that gold, they pried the stones apart to get the gold that had melted and then solidified between the cracks. By the time they were done, not one stone was left upon another, just as Jesus said. Now, today... You can go and you can stand at what's called the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, and people say, isn't that part of the temple? It's not. It's a retaining wall that holds the dirt up around the Temple Mount, but it's not really the Temple Mount. Mm. And so that's all that's left, and that's why they go and wail at it, because the Jews want a temple to be rebuilt one day, and one day there will be one, according to prophecy. Now, all this I just talked to you about, we could read about in the prophets, especially Daniel, that, that the, the legions would come and destroy the temple. There, in fact, the Antichrist, the one world ruler coming, would come from the people who destroyed the temple. So the temple was prophesied to be destroyed in Daniel's time a second time. Now, remember, Daniel was in the exile. There was no temple to destroy. That's it right. It hadn't been rebuilt yet. And he was prophesying that the temple would be destroyed again and that the people would be the Romans. So that's how today we know that the Antichrist will rise from Rome, the European Union, because he is of the people who destroyed the temple. Excellent point. And of course, Nathan, we'll definitely be able to recapture some of those details on our next segment of the program uh, following this one. But you know, Nathan, and of course, the great details of this prophecy, you, you made such a great point. So of course, the Roman soldiers were trying to get at this gold, and therefore the prophecy came to be complete uh, regarding not one stone will, will be upon another because they were trying to get what was there, the value, right? Correct. I mean, they walked off with all the furnishings inside the temple building. Matter of fact, you can go and see the Arch, um, the Arch, of, Arch of Titus. Yes. And there's a depiction card on it of the Jews being held, led to value with the Romans carrying all the, including the giant menorah, and bringing back, and Titus was, was vicious, and he absolutely annihilated uh, Jerusalem, and yet, just wow. as Jesus said, the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. Not one stone was left upon another. The Jews as a nation, Israel as a nation, was absolutely destroyed, and the people dispersed to the four corners of the world. Just that so, as so many prophecies, especially the minor prophets, prophesied would one day happen. An amazing prophecy. Wow. Thank you, Nathan. And what great details. We pray that anyone tuned in would just uh, take a hold of these incredible truths from the Word of God that Jesus Christ was a true prophet and the only true prophet. Everything in the Word of God that the Bible says is going to happen will happen in detail. So we pray that you will all also stay tuned to our next segment of this program. But Nathan, thank you so much for sharing with us and for being part of this segment of the program and for giving us the wonderful insight into the destruction of the temple. Thanks for having me on, Pastor Vic. Always a pleasure. And you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about the destruction of the temple. We will be right back and may the Lord bless you.
from your hands Oh, won't you please just take my heart And just tear it all apart Just break me down And build me up again I wanna be like wood Caught from your hands I wanna be more like you I wanna be more like you I wanna be more like you So let me be Just like me listening to T-Wave, Calvary Chapel Spanish Radio. Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Web Minister with Lamb and Lion, Nathan Jones. And we're transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale area studio here on T-Wave. Our lines will be open for those of you who would like to join today's program. Our local phone number is 305-992-9537. You can call or text in your questions or your comments. And of course, today's subject matter will be that of the destruction of Herod's temple found in Matthew chapter 24. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to, Pastor Vic. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to continue studying your word, Lord. Uh, you gave us many signs of the end times in Matthew 24. Your prophecies always come true. We can put our hope and faith and trust in you. Thank you for that, Lord. Open your word up to us now so everybody listening and myself and Pastor Vic, Lord, may learn about what you have to tell us. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. And of course, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. More information at calvaryaventura.com and on Facebook on JN832. Thank you all for joining us. Also want to encourage everyone to stay tuned on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. for the Lamb and Lion Christ in Prophecy radio program right here on twave.org. And also on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. for the Calvary Chapel Bible Prophecy School of Ministry radio edition. 
And of course, if you need to get a hold of us, if you have any questions or comments, give us a call. Our local number is 305-992-9537. Well, today is my great pleasure to have my guest, Nathan Jones, with us once again. Nathan, thank you for being part of the second segment of the program. It's a great blessing to be here, and I'm always excited to hear when you're teaching both in English or in Spanish. Yes, yes, Nathan. And well, we've, we've made a little switch here because our topic has been so much interested to individuals. We've decided to extend it a little bit and have more of the uh, English version. So this way people will be fed, Nathan. We don't want them complaining that they didn't get enough. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Any way you want, brother. <laughs> so, Nathan, always a pleasure to have you on. Well, we, we started this incredible uh, segment uh, in our last program here regarding the destruction of the temple. And you gave us some incredible insights that really were eye-opening and educational. And uh, we looked here at just more in detail of what really happened and what the temple was like. But Nathan, I was going to ask you if maybe you can read for us once again, Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 3, and give us a recap of those verses as we move forward then talking about the destruction of the temple. I'd be happy to. Matthew 24, there's also a parallel in Luke 21 and Mark 13. They're all uh, the same account of Jesus. Uh, but from different points of views of the different apostles. And it's also one of the most prophetic chapters in all the Bible. Yes. So Matthew 24, 1, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Hmm. Amazing. And, you know, Nathan, as we looked here, uh, also you, you mentioned on verse 3 now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end uh, of the age? And you also share with us that that's really a three-part question, right, Nathan? Yeah, the disciples, uh, of course, they've been under Jesus' teaching. This was near the end of his ministry. Jesus is now teaching in the temple. We're getting to the final week of his life here on earth. And uh, they're at the temple, and, and Jesus just shocks them. I mean, here they are, the, the greatest building in all of Israel, one of, like you said before, one of the seven wonders of the world. People were, had to flock to it to worship God and make sacrifices for their sins. It's where God supposedly dwelled with man. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, you know what, this is going to be destroyed. As a matter of fact, it's going to be so destroyed, not one stone will be left upon another. And you can imagine wow. the apostles must have been in shock. Later, matter of fact, they, they, they were so in shock, it says later they went to the Mount of Olives, which they would have had to have crossed the Kidron Valley and gone up the other side to the Mount of Olives. And they're at the Mount of Olives, and all of a sudden they finally get the gumption to ask Jesus. And what they really ask him is three questions. One, when will the temple fall? I mean, when is this going to happen? Number two, what will be the sign of the end of the age? the age of grace, the church age, the age that we're living in now. And number three, what will be the sign of your coming? So what will be the sign of Jesus' second coming? So they were already kind of, I mean, they were not sure about what a second coming was, They, but they, they knew that the Messiah was coming to take his throne, and we knew that Jesus died and that he will return. So what they're asking is, when will the temple fall? What will be the sign of the end of the age? And what will be the sign of Jesus' coming? Three separate questions. 
Incredible. And of course, Nathan, and you gave us some incredible details regarding you fast forwarded for us regarding the, the building of the temples and also uh, how that temple of Herod's time was destroyed. And Titus came in, as you told us, with the with the Roman soldiers. Right, Nathan. And and they desecrated the temple. And, and as you mentioned to us, because it was overlaid with gold. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Romans were after three years of, of you know, is putting Jerusalem under siege. They had wiped out whole forests of trees to keep their army going. They were ready for booty. They were ready to get paid, and they got paid with plunder. And so they marched in, and uh, they, they burned Rome. Uh, excuse me. The Romans burned Jerusalem to the ground. They went into the temple. They set it on fire. The fire melted all the gold inlays, and it dripped down in between the stones. And so they actually pried up all the stones and threw them over the walls and so they could get at the gold that had melted between the stones. And just as Jesus prophesied, not one stone was left upon another. So by 70 A.D., Jerusalem was destroyed, the temple was destroyed, and the people of the Jews were cast out onto the four corners of the world, which was prophesied many, many times in the Old Testament, that because of the rejection of God, and of course Jesus as the Messiah, that they would be exiled out into the world until Jesus was ready to regather them back into a nation again, which we see today, Israel's a nation again. Right. And uh, that would be the time just before Jesus' return. Wow, that is amazing. And of course, Nathan, now, of course, you were fast-forwarding for us the, uh, the, the events that Daniel prophesied that would take us into the time of the tribulation and into the last days re regarding the temple, that it would have to be another temple, right? Uh, so the first segment uh, was up to the destruction of the temple that you referred to us there in Matthew chapter 24, the signs of your coming, the end of the age. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, well, for one more, the temple will fall is a two-part answer. Now, we talked about the first temple. The first temple was Solomon's temple. He built it in 1000 A.D. It lasted a little over three, uh, about to about 586, and that's when the Babylonians destroyed it. And so that was the first temple. It was destroyed. Ezra, about 50 or so years later, came back. They started the reconstruction of the second temple. And the second temple was enhanced and uh, added on to much better, greater by Herod the Great. He was a great builder. And he came in, and he added all sorts of porticos, and he made it as amazing as the apostles saw. So that was the second temple. Now, the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD, just as Jesus said. But the, Jesus also answered their question by saying the temple will fall again. Right. And we talked a little earlier that prophecy usually has a near fulfillment and a far fulfillment. And when the, the apostles asked him those three questions, they were addressing three different time periods. Now, there's no temple in our time. I've right. been to the Temple Mount three times, and all you see up there is the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aska Mosque. Those are the two buildings that are there. There's also a little portico that kind of denotes where the Holy of Holies might have been. But other than that, it's pretty open. It's just all stone. There's some grass and trees. It's actually quite peaceful. The Muslims, all the Israel controls the Temple Mount on Mount Moriah. The, the Muslims really have control of it. Right. And uh, they uh, have their own guards up there, and kids play soccer, and they picnic, and you can go <laughs> right up, and you can touch the Dome of the Rock. It, it was a, a mosque with the gold cover, the, the gold roof of it is actual gold, and you can go up and touch it, and, you know, no Muslims are mad or shooting at you or anything like that. Now, if you hold hands with your wife, or you start praying to Jesus, or have Bibles, then they get upset. 
but uh, you can go up there today. But we read in end-time Bible prophecy that the Antichrist, the one world ruler that comes, will come to Jerusalem and desecrate the temple. And you're like, how could that be? There, there is no temple. There is, exactly. No, there's no temple in Jerusalem. But for many years now, the Temple Institute, it's a group that have wanted the temple to be rebuilt back in uh, the Temple Mount again. I visited their headquarters. You can go on tour there to show you they've got the priestly garments. They've got the menorah. Wow. They've got everything. And now one of the pieces was missing is a, what's a red heifer. It's a, it's a cow that's red. It's, it's got to meet a certain purity, and they, they've, they've had some that were bred here in the States and they're testing them if they're just as pure as they need to be, because the ashes of the red heifer dedicate the temple. But other than the Ark of the Covenant, which they didn't even have for the second temple, they are ready. They are ready in a heartbeat. If anything should happen to the Dome of the Rock and the Jews have full control of the Temple Mount, they will rebuild the third temple. And we know they'll be successful because we read that the Antichrist will desecrate the temple again, and we read that in Daniel 9. So there will be a third temple that will exist, and it will exist during Daniel's 70th week, which is the seven-year tribulation. Excellent point. And, of course, uh, I know you were referring there to uh, Daniel 9, verses 26 and on, right, right Nathan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and this is why we pray that anyone that is tuned into this program would, would take to heart uh, what we're sharing here. These, these prophecies are amazing. And if we saw the prophecies being fulfilled uh, over 2000 years ago, we can be sure that the prophecies for the future will also be fulfilled. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Jesus Christ fulfilled all 300 general and 109 distinct prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. And he did. Now, there are 500 verses in the Old Testament, and one in every 25 verses in the New Testament talk about Jesus' second coming. As a matter of fact, that was the third question the apostles asked, what will be the sign of Jesus' coming? And that's what the rest of Matthew 24 is. It's Jesus giving ten signs to talk about his coming, what happens before he comes. So we know that there will be a temple there. Now, hey, Pastor Vic, have you ever thought, what would get rid of the Alaska Mosque up there and what would bring the temple about on the Temple Mount again? Oh, boy, Nathan, there's always a lot of speculations, right? I mean, oftentimes we think, man, maybe they're just going to blow it up, right, and, uh, and put something else there, but we know that that's probably not going to be the case. Well, you're right. I mean, for the Jews to go up, control the Temple Mount, and, and destroy the, the Dome of the Rock, which the, Jew, uh, excuse me, the Muslims consider Jerusalem the third most holy site, they didn't when Muhammad was alive, but later they, they got this story that Muhammad, you know, did the Elijah thing. He ascended up to heaven from Jerusalem, and so they claimed Jerusalem as the their capital, of third most capital. Now, also, the Muslims, by having the Dome of the Rock up there, that's their way of saying, we are the dominant religion over Judaism and Christianity. We've got the most holy site, we control it, and therefore we are the dominant religion. But... At some point, that mosque will not be there. Mm. Now, some have theorized maybe that where the location of it is, it could be in the Gentile court and all, but I really truly believe that when the Jews rebuild the temple on the Temple Mount, Islam won't be there to compete with them. Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, this is why what we're finding is that we know without a shadow of a doubt that there will be uh, a temple, because in Revelation chapter 11, it talks about this temple, right? Right, right. We know that the Antichrist, one day, about three and a half years into the tribulation, 
he will break a peace treaty that he had made with the Israel, and that's the start of the seven-year tri- tri- uh, tribulation when he makes that treaty with Israel. He will come in, he will kill the two witnesses. There's two, um, I guess you could say, super evangelists who, right. who preach out of Jerusalem. They can't be hurt. Uh, they, they can do like the Old Testament prophets did. They can call down fire and cause droughts and things like that. The world hates them. And the Antichrist, will their supernatural protection is taken away, and the Antichrist comes, he kills them, he leaves their bodies lying on the roads for three and a half days. And the whole world, it says, rejoices over the fact that the two witnesses are killed. And the Antichrist then walks into the temple. He declares himself to be God. All other religions, the false... Babylonian religion that, that will spring up a, a one-world religion during the tribulation will destroy, and they'll say, okay, you all will worship me, and of course Satan is possessing the Antichrist, so it's really Satan worship. And he will desecrate the temple, he'll set up an image of himself to be worshipped in that third temple, and it says it will cause the Jews to flee out of Israel, and there will be some left, but many of them will flee down the southern Jordan, and their God will protect them for the remainder of the three and a half years of the tribulation. That is incredible. And of course, Nathan, we see that the world, again, is, is being prepared for this. You talked to us about the articles. You've talked about the institution that is getting ready uh, with the articles and everything else. So, I mean, so Nathan, what are the possibilities that we could start seeing uh, some of this, uh, of this new temple? Well, see, that, that's really tricky in how it plays in the Bible prophecy. There, before the tribulation begins, we're looking at two prophetic wars that must occur. Psalm 83 prophesies that Israel will finally have to subdue the hostile neighbors around them. Yes. We're talking about Gaza, which is in the news every day. We're talking about Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Egypt. And Israel will have to defeat the enemies around them to be able to survive. Now, those nations have attacked Israel in 1948, 1967, and 1973, and again and again and again, Israel has been attacked by those nations. And Psalm 83 says that Israel will finally one day subdue those nations. That's right. Now, we know that will happen because there's another prophetic war, and you can read about that in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That's the Gog and Magog battle. It is the most detailed prophetic battle in all of Bible prophecy, and it says that Russia will make an alliance with Iran and Turkey, and all those stand countries, and Libya, and they will come down to destroy Israel and basically loot them. Russia particularly wants to loot Israel as well as wealth. Now, the surrounding nations around Israel aren't there, so we know that that's a, a separate war, but God steps in. As a matter of fact, Israel's military is one of the strongest in the world, but it cannot stand up against the might of the Russians and the Iranians and this huge that's alliance right. against them. God steps into human history. He destroys those armies with, with hail and earthquakes and infighting. He says he sends fire back onto their countries and annihilates most of these countries so they won't even be a player during the tribulation. And the nation of Israel will give up its humanism. They will turn to God. All the Jews of the world will finally emigrate. About half the Jews of the world, they're there today, around 7 million. But all the Jews of the world will go back to Israel and they will worship God once more. Without Islam being a threat, I believe then the Jews could rebuild the temple without any kind of problem. Maybe the Antichrist right. peace treaty with them guarantees they can rebuild the temple without any trouble, and they will worship God again, but not yet His Son, Jesus Christ. 
Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, of course, this is why we need to look at these prof- prophecies uh, slowly and carefully so that we don't miss out uh, how these events are going to be played out. Because sometimes people get confused, right? And they think, oh, this is supposed to happen right there and then in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. But you're telling us, as you're taking us through these steps, how everything is going to be developed. But it will ultimately culminate into what the Bible tells us in end times prophecy. Exactly. Matter of fact, the apostles' own questions about Jesus show that they were talking about three different time periods. 70 A.D., when the temple would fall, the end of the age, which is this church age we're living in now, just before the rapture, and then the end of the tribulation, which is Jesus' second coming. Yes, and of course, and, and we see evidence of this temple, as you mentioned, Nathan, in back in, in, uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, uh, Matthew, actually 24 there, verse 13, uh, excuse me, verse 15, uh, talks about uh, there, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him uh, understand, right? Exactly, yeah, the, the abomination of desolation, which... Daniel talked about in 11, verse 31, and chapter 12, verse 11, uh, the Antichrist will come in and desecrate the third temple. So we know, we know, according to prophecy, Jesus said that the the second temple would be destroyed, and it has, exactly as he said, not one stone was left upon another. They were all thrown down the, the hill. There was nothing left on the Temple Mount. But there will be a time, another abomination of desolation. Now, a few uh, hundred years earlier, there was a madman named Antiochus Epiphanes. He was a Greek, and, or represented the, the Greeks, and he came down and he did the same thing. He did uh, abomination of desolation, and what he did is he sacrificed a pig on the altar. Right. And that caused the Maccabean revolt. And the Maccabees, uh, I believe it's 135 B.C., if I'm, if I'm right there, they had a revolt against... Uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. So they knew what an abomination of desolation would be. But Antiochus Epiphanes was not the the abomination of desolation. It was the one that would come ahead, because Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel, he's not saying, yeah, back when Antiochus Epiphanes came, he made it future tense. That's and right. that refers to what we read in Revelation about the Antichrist desecrating the temple. So, Pastor Vic, I don't know if it'll be, uh, we'll be here to see that the temple rebuilt, or it will be because of the rapture, the church, the church taken out. We won't be here anymore to see it. I believe we probably won't be here to see the temple rebuilt. But we know that the temple will be rebuilt. The, all the stuff is, I've even seen the very things they're going to use in the temple, and they're all ready to go to rebuild it. That's right. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a very nice temple, Nathan, but I'm with you. I really don't need to see it. I'd rather be in heaven with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, because of the God stepping back into Jewish history again at the end of the Gog-Magog battle, I sincerely believe that is a total disconnect from the church age and a transition to the, the tribulation age, where God takes his focus off the church and puts it back on Israel again, because he's always promised Israel that a remnant would come to salvation through them. The church doesn't need to be here for the tribulation. We're taken off this earth. So if it's the Gog-Magog victory that allows the Jews to rebuild the temple or it's related to the peace treaty the Antichrist makes with them, that's after the rapture. So, brother, we won't be here to see the third temple, but, but we will be here to see the fourth temple, and that's the millennial temple. When Jesus returns, sets up his thousand-year reign on this earth, there will be another temple more grand and vast than 
than anything that's ever been built before. Jesus will be there at that temple, and we will be able to see the millennial temple, the thousand-year reign of Christ in that temple there. For the third temple, uh, it won't last very long. It'll only last for about the seven years of the tribulation, and that's about it. That's right. That is awesome. Awesome. Great news. Of course, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we talk about the destruction of Herod's temple, our lines will remain open. The phone number is 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537. Feel free to call us in or text us in with your question or your comment. And of course, Nathan, this is why we're taking time to discuss Matthew chapter 24. Uh, here we're looking at verses uh, 1 through 3. And really the idea is we're not so concerned at least I'm not so concerned when the temple is going to be uh, rebuilt or all the articles. I, I really believe we're going to be uh, out of here. And, and we see so many signs of that truth. I really believe, Nathan, that we could be that generation that is going to be alive and remain when the Lord comes back for his church at the rapture, right? Whoa, you're jumping ahead to the end, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, you know, your answer to your question is in chapter 24 right there. And but if we get a chance to get to the end of that... I will tell you exactly. We are the generation that will get to see this happen. Well, we wanted to give our listeners a little bit of a tidbit to keep them uh, their appetite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Nathan, of course, uh, uh, it, this is just great. And the encouragement is we pray that anyone that is tuned into the program, that they will see uh, how exciting uh, Matthew chapter 24 is, the way that it unfolds, and just all the truth there, and how they all tie to other parts of the Bible, right, Nathan? Because Jesus himself, he was quoting Daniel's, right? So we know that that was a legit book. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. I mean, Jesus' prophecies came true. So if you're looking for legitimacy, Again, prophecy has to be 100% fulfilled to be true prophecy from God, and every prophecy that the Bible has ever made has always come true or will come true. That is amazing. And of course, Nathan, we do want to also uh, encourage our listeners to become uh, students of the Bible, students of Bible prophecy, to take time uh, to dig in. And this is what we want to encourage anyone to then check out the wonderful resources at lambandlion.com. You know, Nathan, I was also blessed by one of the um, uh, DVDs, movies that Dr. Reagan did in one of his trips to Israel, where you have the whole thing for those that want to see the Temple Mount and see where everything is at. They can literally see the whole tour that Dr. Reagan did right at your website. Exactly. If they go to lamblion.com, L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N, they can see our television shows, uh, Christ in Prophecy, which is broadcast all over the world in 15 different networks. Uh, Dr. Reagan has led over 40 tours to Israel and he's recorded quite a number of them. Matter of fact, starting in three weeks, we will have an 11-part Sermons from Jerusalem, where Dr. Reagan takes you around Jerusalem and other parts of Israel and teaches you about the Bible from those locations. And that will last actually for 11 weeks straight. It's probably the longest stretch of uh, series we've ever done, and we've got past series on our website, and you can keep up with each new one as it's being put on our website. And, of course... You can watch it on television at various networks. That is, a, uh, well, I'm going to be looking forward to that because it's also excellent to take advantage of these great resources. Nathan, I'm like you. I'm a student. I'm always learning. I don't claim to know it all. So any resources that I can grab to enhance my learning, I'll take advantage of it. Amen. It's so important to understand God's purpose because... of the Bible is prophecy. In other words, God wants us to know what's going to happen. He has a big-picture plan for not only 
all of humanity, but for your and my life. Everyone who's listening, God has a plan for your life. He wants you to know that he wins in the end and that he loves you and he wants to forgive you of your sins and rebellion and give you eternal life. And you just have to accept that free gift that he paid for for you on the cross by praying in your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises he will forgive you, give you new life, and a life full of hope. Mm, wonderful. What a wonderful word of encouragement, Nathan. Thank you so much for encouraging our listeners. And we pray that anyone tuned in out there was edified built up in the Word of God. And of course, we want you to stay tuned to our following segments uh, of our program as we will look further into Matthew chapter 24, talking about the signs of the times, the deception that is coming, the false prophets, and and all those other things that we're beginning to see happening uh, even right before our eyes. But Nathan, thank you so much for being part of this program. And it's always a pleasure to have you on. Oh, the pleasure's mine. Thank you, Pastor Vic. May the Lord bless you. Again, you tuned in to the Truth will set you free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talked about the destruction of Harris Temple in Matthew 24. Thank you for tuning in. May the Lord bless you and have a great week in Jesus.